You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning, good afternoon, whichever the case may be, depending on where you happen to be right now. It is morning for me here in very sunny Southern California. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber, host of the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's live call-in show, Ask the Vest with Dr. Jeff. And uh, we're here for you. We're here to answer your questions. We're here to talk about pretty much anything you want to talk about when it comes to pets. And uh, I enjoy helping Listeners out, if you have any questions, concerns, something going on with your pet right now that you are a little confused, uh, maybe you don't understand what uh, your veterinarian is trying to do, what the next best step might be, and uh, now's the chance to pick my brain, whatever's left of it anyway, and uh, I will hopefully help you out, at least making the right decisions for your four-legged friends. We're here for you, and we're here thanks to our sponsors, Brevecto. It's amazing flea and tick protection for 12, count them, 12 weeks, not one month, but three months. Also, More Than a Cone, which is the Kong veterinary products. It's everything for Kong, but uh, they have these great More Than a Cone events, raising awareness of animal welfare through the arts. And of course, Save This Life Microchip with uh, my good friend Chance White and some things that we will be hopefully sharing with you in the next several months, a new project that we're working on, something to help you help you better care for your pets, and help bring you a sort of immediate veterinary attention. So so you wouldn't even need me here on once a week on Sundays where you can ask a question of me or another veterinarian anytime. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. We talk about the, the number one growing right now, the number one segment of the population as far as pet parenting, pet ownership, believe it or not, the millennials. More millennials own pets per capita than any other group, the Gen Xers, the baby boomers, you name it. It is the millennials. And it's crazy how the millennials want things like now. And you ask them a question right away, out comes the, the, the iPhone or whatever. The, and they're putting their information in and they're giving answers right now. They're looking stuff up. It, it's crazy. So I was at uh, Starbucks the other day and getting my coffee. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm an old timer. So I walk in and I go online and I'm standing online. I'm maybe fifth or sixth online and finally my turn. And I order my coffee. And of course, now I'm feeling pretty good because what do I do? I get out my, my phone, open up my Starbucks app, and I just put that in front of that little scanner, the reader, and I, it's already paid for, which is fantastic, right? And I'm feeling, hey, it's pretty cool. Then I am going and waiting for my, my latte. So I'm waiting. I, I'd say all in all, I was there for maybe 10 minutes. While I'm there waiting for my coffee, no less than four millennials, clearly just by looks and age, walk in lean over, grab a coffee that's sitting on the counter, and leave. And how do they do that? Well, it turns out now, and you guys may be laughing at me like, oh, well, duh, didn't you know this? You can pre-order your coffee. It's ready. It's paid for. All you have to do is walk in, grab it, and leave. Now, that is that immediate satisfaction that it is so typical of this generation. So, um, you know, knowing how, A, they care about their pets, knowing that they actually make up the largest segment of the population as far as pet parenting, pet ownership. So um, we're going to do something that I think is going to help everybody. It's really cool. So last, uh, this past week, I had the pleasure, I, I, I don't think I'd call it pleasure, but 
I was away from my home in West LA and I spent the night at the Universal Hilton at, at Universal Studios. Why? Because I had the pleasure to be up at 3 a.m. to head to a studio, which fortunately was like five tenths of a mile, half a mile away from the hotel. And I had to be there. My call time was at 4 a.m. Thank you very much. And for a what's called a satellite media tour, an SMT. And I do a lot of these SMTs. They're, they're really cool. So basically, I'm sitting in a studio, a nice comfy chair with the cameras right there. And about uh, we did 23 interviews over the course of four hours, uh, mostly TV. There were about four of them were radio, um, about 50-50 of the TV live versus tape. So I'm often I'm, I'm hired by companies that I trust, many of some of whom are our sponsors, to act as a spokesperson for them. So when they have a new product or, or something they want to share with you, with the public, they want to buy, not bypass necessarily, but they need to hit the pet owner on a grand scale, grander than you might hear about something from your veterinarian. So it's almost like to stimulate the interest that you walk into your veterinarian's office and say, hey, I want that blank, that new drug. So we, um, given the fact that we are here in springtime, and comes with what comes with uh, during spring, pet allergies. So the topic of the SMT, the satellite media tour was, when is an itch no longer just an itch? In other words, when do we need to concern? Let's face it, every dog is going to scratch now and again. But at what point do we really need to worry that, oh my God, maybe this itch is more than just a minor problem. So we were talking about the summertime allergies itch. And, um, you know, typically I would tell somebody that when it becomes more frequent or constant, when it becomes a bother, not, not just to the dog, but to you, when you need to like get up in the, in the middle of the night and take your dog's collar off because the tags are jingling because of all the scratching, then that's, that's too much of an itch. When it stops them from their normal routine, when literally you're playing with them and they stop during play to itch or they stop during eating. Can you imagine having a Labrador retriever stop eating because he's got to scratch him or herself? You know that is an itch that needs to be reckoned with. So we're talking about, okay, so what do you do? And the fact is that now in spring, there are so many causes of itch. We have, of course, the spring pollens. So we call that the atopy or inhaled allergies. Those are things like weeds, grasses, trees, right? And the pollens, flowers. Then we have, of course, fleas. We have food, but food is pretty much year-round. But we certainly see more fleas in most places during spring and summer. And then how about things in, in the house? Molds. You know that dogs can be allergic to, to wool, kapok, tobacco, cotton, even house dust and house dust mites. And actually, when you test dogs for all these things, their dogs are test positive ready for this, to human epithelia. That means not only are you, can you be allergic to your pets, but pets can be allergic to you. It doesn't happen very often, but it's kind of funny when you think about it, that your pet can be allergic to you. So during this time of year, it's sort of the height of that allergy season. And a lot of times, as I tell, we can, we can often tell by, especially in the dog. Now, cats are a little more difficult because cats can be allergic to a lot of things as well, but the cat allergies pretty much always manifest the same. We call it miliary dermatitis. Dogs, by nature of the location of where their 
they are scratching, where the skin is irritated, where it's red, where it's raw, where there's scabs, you have an idea what the allergy, the culprit is. For example, if it's lower back up by the base of the tail, you got to think fleas. If it's underneath the belly and the inside of the thighs, maybe some ears, you have to think pollens, inhaled allergies. If it's food, it's ears again, and they're rubbing their face and they're chewing their front feet. So, or any feet, but typically the front feet. So you get kind of a a feeling of, of what the problem is based on the location of the body. And for any of you that have any questions, because allergy, the number one reason that I see a dog presented during this time of year, it's going to be allergies. It's going to be scratching. It's going to be skin problems. It's going to be seborrhea. It's going to be allergic dermatitis. So pyoderma, which is skin infection, often secondary to allergy. So there's no way that some of you listening out there aren't having problems with your pet skin and allergies. So uh, I want to hear more about it and help you through it. Give me a call, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. And if I stimulated a nerve here and you really want to what talk, what you can also do is you can come join us. If you go on to log on to Pet Life Radio, click on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff page, and you will see a link left by Mark Winter, our wonderful producer. And you can click on that link and you can join us live right here at the bottom of the screen. You'll see me, you'll see Mark's studio, and we will see you. And you can even have your head. If you want to show me what the skin looks like, you can actually hold your phone right up to your dog's skin, your the rump underneath, and we can talk about the allergy. So great way to get that professional veterinary help for free right now so you get that instant satisfaction your vet might be closed today it's sunday well guess what you have me today so you um, can get your answers and then we can talk about some treatment so anyway don't go away we'll be right back after these short messages we've talked about allergy we've talked about the causes and when we come back we're going to talk about some solutions we'll be right back we'll be right back right after these messages stay tuned As a dog, I know a lot about fleas and ticks, so trust me when I say no other Tasty Chew protects dogs as long as Brevecto. One Brevecto Chew keeps fleas and ticks away for up to 12 weeks. Be a good human and ask your vet about Brevecto. Brevecto may cause vomiting. You know that feeling when you go to clean the litter box and it's a complete disaster? Yeah, we've got you covered. Introducing World's Best Cat Litter Zero Mess, the advanced litter that gives you two times better clumping and more odor control with less litter. Zero Mess combines the concentrated power of corn with super-absorbent plant fibers. Translation, scoop once and you're done. Find it at a pet store near you and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet 
And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here at Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Uh, give us a call, 877-385-8882, and let's talk pets or join us live on Google Hangouts. Click on to uh, PetLifeRadio.com, the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab. Scroll down, and you'll see that great Google Hangouts link, and you can come join us. So before the break, we were talking about allergies. It's springtime. And this is the time of year that we are going to see allergy problems with our pets and many, many causes. It's pollens, weeds, grasses, trees. It's, uh, it could be fleas. Fleas are biggie. Things around the house, molds, house dust, house dust, mites, wool, tobacco, even you. So what do we do? So we have this poor dog scratching himself raw. Now we have what's called secondary pyoderma, which is skin infection. And that in itself is itchy. So how many times have you gone to a doctor and you had treatment given for your pets. Typically, it probably was like corticosteroid, maybe some cyclosporine, and as an immunosuppressive to suppress the allergic response. And guess what? They're still scratching, and they're still scratching. Why? Because you didn't take care of the secondary infection, and secondary infection is itchy. So it's got to be a multi-pronged approach to treatment. We try to eliminate the allergens. Fleas, that's an easy one. Maybe things around the house can be done. Obviously, pollens, good luck. You're going to have to put your dog into a plastic bubble. Unrealistic. But these are some of the things we have to be concerned about. And if we're having really persistent problems, I highly recommend just for peace of mind and just to know, have your veterinarian run a allergy test. Now, allergy testing used to only be done by, well, I wouldn't say only, but, but mostly by board-certified veterinary dermatologists who would do the scratch testing. Now, still is the gold standard. Absolutely still is the gold standard. However, the second method that has gained tremendous amount of popularity is really is not that far behind. So is it as good? No, but it's pretty darn close. And your veterinarian, a general practitioner can do it. And that is the serum allergy test, testing for an antibody called IgE. So what that does is it identifies based on the IgE levels that what the body is trying its darndest to fight these antigens and probably are allergic. So anyway, there's some good tests out there. I'm not going to start mentioning names. I have my favorites. Some others have their favorites, but they are available. And it gives you an idea, if nothing else, as to what your pet may be allergic to. And if there are some things on that list that you can eliminate, then that's the, obviously that's a great place to start. So anyway, as far as the medications, often many of you have the tendency to run out and try to treat these over the counter with shampoos and sprays, antihistamine. Let's talk antihistamine for a second because I, I, you know, I have to laugh when people these come in and, and even when it's prescribed. Bottom line, histamine plays a minor, if any, role in the canine allergic response. Once again, a minor, if in any, role in the canine allergic response. Therefore, to give a dog antihistamine, thinking it's going to solve the allergy problem, that's like as an expression, if you think about it for a second, you'll get it, peeing in the ocean. It's not going to do a darn thing. So that's the same thing here. It's really not going to out. If you use some of the old-fashioned antihistamines like diphenhydramine, i.e. Benadryl, or chlorpheniramine, chlorotrimeton, then you might get some drowsiness. Um, Atarax might cause drowsiness. But look, that's not the end of the world because if you can maybe calm your pet down a little bit, uh, especially in the, at night, so they're not up and keeping you up and scratching like crazy, then it might be worth it. Cortisone, corticosteroids, obviously has been the industry standard, still is very effective. My cautions, of course, are to use it in conjunction with your veterinarian. 
There are proper ways to use it, as I say about steroids, probably one of the most used class of drugs in veterinary medicine, but unfortunately, also one of the most misused classes of drugs. So you really need to know how to use it properly, used judiciously. It can still be very effective. However, side effects, side effects like increased water drinking means increased pain, increased appetite means getting fat and um, even liver problems. So it's, look, you don't want to use it with reckless abandon. Let's put it that way. Maybe in a cat, you can get away with it a little bit more, but not in a dog. So you want to use it with your veterinarian. Up until now, we really never knew, since we know histamine is not the mediator of the response, how do we get from the inhalation, the ingestion, the bite of the flea, whatever it is, the contact, how do we get from there to the itching, the redness, the blotches, the, the, you know, the driving your dog miserable? And we do know now there is a, it's a protein, it's a mediator uh, secreted by T cells, and it's called interleukin-31. We call it IL-31 for short. So we knew that when IL-31 hits the skin cells, it creates, it wreaks its havoc. And that's what causes all these symptoms. But we didn't know how to stop interleukin-31 specifically. So we resorted to the immunosuppressive agents, to the corticosteroids, et cetera, et cetera. Well, now we know. And the magic medication is new by Zoetis, formerly Pfizer Animal Health. And Zoetis introduced Apoquil. Apoquil is a daily medication. We started it twice a day, but it goes down to once a day. And it actually blocks the interleukin-31. Not directly. What it does is actually, specifically, it blocks the enzymes that interleukin-31 needs to do its damage. These two enzymes are called JAK1, Janus kinase 1, and JAK3, Janus kinase 3. And they are totally directly involved in the process of helping interleukin-31, IL-31, do its damage. And therefore, when blocked, IL-31 is worthless. So it is so effective. And used properly, used at the dose that is recommended. There are little to no side effects. As with any oral medication, it might have a vomiting for a day or so, but that goes away. As a matter of fact, in testing, the percent of animals reacting was no more than those reacted by a sugar pill. We call a placebo. So it's very, very safe. And um, it's effective against pretty much all kinds of allergies. There's also, for those of you that are not good pill givers, there's an alternative also from Zoetis. It's also phenomenal. And it is actually, it is a direct interleukin-31 blocker. It attacks, it's almost like a vaccine. It attacks the interleukin-31, as soon as it's released from the T-helper cell. So it doesn't even get to the skin. It doesn't even need the Janus kinase enzymes, JAK1 and JAK3, because it's, de- it's, it's neutralized as soon as it's released. This is phenomenal. It is an injection. It's a once, um, well, actually, they say once every four to eight weeks. I've had success, certainly at four weeks, but I've even gone so far as six to eight weeks as well on some of my patients. This is called Cytopoint. Tougher to get. It's very new. Not every veterinarian will have it yet. So ask your veterinarian if you are not good at giving pills or if your dog reacts negatively. And uh, it's a little more expensive than the Apoquil. But between these two, there is no excuse not to provide your dog with amazing, amazing relief during this allergy season. They are extremely effective. I literally have clients coming in and they didn't want to see me. They All they want is they want more Apoquil. They want the refills. And I've had, as I said, personally in my practice, have had no side effects. One or two dogs vomited, which is expected. But by the second, third pill, they were fine. 
if they vomited, you gave it on, the, on an empty stomach, try giving it on a full stomach. If they vomited when you gave them with food, then maybe next time try without food. I mean, vomiting can, any oral medicine, you can give it your dog an antibiotic, one of the best antibiotics I use for, for many skin things, as a matter of fact, Clavamox also can cause vomiting. Keflex, cephalexin can cause vomiting. Rimid, any, you name the drug, any medication can cause an occasional vomiting. So to me, that doesn't bother me that much. It was, if it became something that is regular, then that's a different story. We have to go to plan B. Now, another couple, just a couple of, not I wouldn't say precautions, but concerns or warnings about Apoquil. When they get their testing, and it, it does uh, work with the immune system. So uh, it's not recommended for, not recommended, it's not at all advice for dogs under a year of age. Now, you probably could do it, but it, you know, see, when you do these drugs, you have to make specific guidelines for the FDA approval. Once you get that approval, you have to advertise on those guidelines. So, so I'm not saying it's not safe, but since it wasn't proven to be safe or effective in dogs under 12, because they started the test for dogs over 12 months of age, then you don't want to use it. Also, the same thing with um, pregnant and lactating dogs or dogs that are going to be pregnant or trying to get pregnant, you don't want to use it. But the cytopoint, however, the injection is safe because it works differently. And that one is totally safe. So if you have a, a an allergic dog who's already miserable, showing signs of allergy that's less than 12 months of age, then talk to your veterinarian about Cytopoint. As I said, very, very effective. Um, I Because of the convenience factor, yes, it's more expensive, but because of the convenience factor, I have so many clients that are opting for the Cytopoint because you might get at least four weeks, if not up to eight weeks protection from a single shot. I mean, you can't beat that. And, and, and a, a comfortable dog through this allergy season. So to recap, allergies are here full swing. They are very, very treatable. I always recommend if it's persistent. Now, if it's something that you get, you know, for a month during the season, two months during the season, responds well to treatment, you don't really need to test. But if you have persistent allergies becoming more and more aggressive, maybe even year round, I highly recommend seeing your veterinarian or getting a referral to a veterinary dermatologist for testing. It's good to know. And of course, the, the, the industry standard still is, despite the wonderful, wonderful effect that we have with these newer medications like Apoquil and Cytopoint, desensitization, hyposensitization, still, especially in cases where it's really severe allergies, probably still the best way to go. And in order to do that, you have to test, you have to find out what your dog is or cat is allergic to, and then start desensitization, hyposensitization, seeing your veterinarian. Cats, I typically don't need to treat this long-term. They respond so well to medication, but dogs, Typically, if, if I can get them onto desensitization, and now there's a number of ways. There's the uh, injections, which start usually daily, then every other day, and then ultimately you get to a point where you're doing it once a month. And, or you have the sublingual drops, which continue to be every day, but so easy. It's like, come on, you, you just open the dog's mouth and pull his cheek away from his mouth and put a couple of drops in, gets absorbed through the tissue and um, the mucosal tissue inside the mouth, and they do just great. So if you have any questions, I know this is a lot to digest in one 30-minute session. So you can always get a hold of me at drjeff at petliferadio.com. That's drjeff at petliferadio.com. You can send me an email. You can also join us next week. And uh, give us a call in. Just come online, uh, either 877-385-8882 or get the guts. 
and join us live here on the show by clicking on to the Google Hangouts. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, Brevecto, More Than a Cone, Save the Slice Microchip, and I will see you here next week. Thanks for joining me. I'm Dr. Jeff Werber, and have a great week, everybody. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.